Before Kalei Aina Ali'i starts their work at Ka'ena, they do an oli, or chant. Part of traditional Hawaiian protocol is to do this before entering spaces. People do it for different reasons, but most often it's to pay respect to that place. The restoration crew come up here every month to take care of Moka'ena Heiau, a sacred space of the past Hawaiians built heiau as places of worship and refuge. If you're prepping to do a big work or a sacred work, you are saying, give me that stuff that I need so I can do a really good job. That's Auntie Lynette Cruz. She and other advocates discovered the heiau on a site visit. Covered in overgrown brush, the untrained eye might not have noticed the distinct stacking of the rocks, but they did. And they worked out a plan with the Department of Land and Natural Resources to come take care of it. For Hawaiians, taking care of these culturally important sites means rolling up your sleeves. You really have to do it with intention. Is your intention to go do good work? You guys up there, you know what my intention is? Give me what I need. Because I got to go down there and I got to do work. And my presence has to make a difference. And in the time of climate change, Rising seas and temperatures can make it harder to access and protect these places. You're listening to Stemming the Tide from Honolulu Civil Beat. I'm your host, Ku'u Ka'uanoe. Ka'ena is the most northwestern part of Oahu and is known for its breathtaking scenery that many people say is reminiscent of the mostly untouched northwestern islands of Hawaii. Green cliffs tower over a network of sand dunes, kissing crisp blue ocean. And while Ka'ena is home to a large state natural reserve that protects the dunes, endangered seabirds, and native plants, it is also the home to significant Hawaiian cultural sites. Like the Lena Ka'uhane, where souls leave the earth leaping into the sky to transcend into the heavenly ancestral plane. But Ka'ena is naturally dry and hot. And with climate change, we can only expect it to get worse, not just for the animals like endangered seals and seabirds, but also for the people who want to visit and take care of sites like Moka'ena. In this episode, we examine how sea level rise and warmer weather will transform Ka'ena and how to deal with climate change claiming historical places. Tools or you want gloves? Help yourself. There's water in here. Kalei Aina Ali'i crew members know to dress in long sleeves and bring lots of water to the cleanup. With little shade, sunscreen is a necessity, and, and so are breaks. If you hot, just leave. Come down, sit down. Don't stress. Not only does Ka'ena hold a lot of history and culture, it's also a geologist's dream. Dr. Chip Fletcher has studied Ka'ena's shores for years. Before becoming the interim dean of the School of Ocean and Earth Science and Technology at UH Manoa, he would take his classes there to study the beach rock. It is geologically a region that holds lots of clues to the evolution of the islands during a particular phase of island history. 130,000 years ago, sea level was actually 20 feet higher than it is today. However, it was also cooler. The last ice age was approaching, and as we move forward in time, 
sea level fell and exposed sand that created the fossil sand dunes at Kaena. As we engage in climate change and drive the temperature up, and we've already driven the temperature up uh, over one degree Celsius, we are setting in motion geologic processes that we saw 130,000 years ago. And with that comes more high energy events like large winter swells, tsunamis, and hurricanes. Currently, Kaena Point is only accessible by hiking so as to protect the sand dunes from cars eroding its surface. Chip predicts that climate change will make it more and more dangerous to come out to Kaena, especially for community groups like Kalei'aina Ali'i. Eventually, sea level rise will threaten the narrow roads to access this place, and the heat will make it harder for people to come out, while also drying out the mountain range, making them susceptible to wildfires. Maybe in and around that heiau, while restoration activities are occurring, it's to maintain a big fire break or enough of a fire break so that in the event there is a wildfire, then you know the heiau is protected. That's Stanton Enomoto. Before working for the U.S. Department of Interior, he was a climate change cultural adaption coordinator for the National Park Service. For almost seven years, his whole job was to understand how climate change will affect historic properties and how to prepare for that. Stanton believes that it all comes back to having a relationship with the places that we don't want to lose. Growing up, many of us didn't have that connection to these places. So out of sight, out of mind, you know, lots of things going on. And so um, you don't know what's there until you're there. Stanton gave an example of Pu'ukohala Heiau on the northern coast of the Big Island. In 2006, two offshore earthquakes severely damaged the walls of the site. The community and state government recognized how important the place was and worked together to rebuild it. So they brought in the skilled practitioners, the right stones, the right you know, people to assemble them, and, and they were able to successfully restore the heiau. He says that it's important to recognize the times we are living in and take climate change into consideration when planning for preservation. But what can we do about places that can't be saved? It's not like we can move the Lena upland to avoid sea level rise. And Heiau were built where they are for a religious reason. Stanton says, although it may be hard, we can prepare for its loss. If we think of these places as relatives, as living entities, understanding that everything passes at some point, I think it makes it easier knowing we've had the time with that space, with that relative, if you will, and celebrate that and remember that, even though the site may no longer be present and succumb to what have you, the forces of of nature out there. With all the challenges that climate change will bring, it's vital that places like Kaena continue to be cared for, creating that relationship, that pilina, and honoring these sacred sites before we lose them. So in those places that matter, in those historic structures that matter, it really is um, bringing people into those places to connect, to do the work and, and have that experience. Are going to be sitting under the tree talking story. <laughs> <For now. laughs> the the- Every time the Kalei'aina Ali'i crew go up to Moka'ana, they cut down the dry grass, remove invasive trees, and weed around the rocks. Their goal? To let the sun shine on the heiau. 
everyone picks their spot to settle in and start working. Anyway, what they say, find your ono. Yeah, yeah. take a find walk. Your ono. Check it out and you'll see where it calls you and that's what you're going to be doing. We have gloves too inside this bag and popsicles. If you like this episode, head over to civilbeat.org slash podcasts. I'm your host, Ku'u Ka'uanoe. My editor is Nathan Eagle, and this episode was produced by April Estrelon. Stemming the Tide is supported by the Environmental Funders Group of the Hawaii Community Foundation, Marisla Fund of the Hawaii Community Foundation, and the Frost Family Foundation. To learn more about Civil Beat and our journalism, subscribe to our free morning email newsletter by texting CIVIL to 66866.